0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Mechi Aharonwa. Mechi is a wonderful actor, a teacher. She also does some writing and producing, and she happens to be one of the amazing women from my class at Juilliard, Group 38. So we spent four years together there, as well as a lot of time (laughs) over the last several years since we graduated. She's someone I've always looked up to. She's wise, she's fearless, and she's always looking for ways to grow and change. This episode has been a long time coming, so I'm so happy it's here. She's currently rehearsing for Winter's Tale at Theatre for New Audience in New York City, so you can catch her there or check out her website mechi.net, M-A-E-C-H-I, to keep up with what she's doing. Before we get started, I've been seeing a lot of plays lately, so I wanted to make a few recommendations. I saw Queens by Martina Myoke, and my other classmate Jessica Love from episode 70 is in the cast. It's an all-female cast. It's extremely powerful, and I would highly recommend it. I also saw Relevance by J.C. Lee, who is another writer friend of ours. Um, It's so smart. It's about the intersection of race and generation and feminism, and also the consequences that come from the Twitter sphere and instant judgment in our society. So I would highly recommend that as well. It has an amazing artistic team, too, all the designers and everyone. Here is my conversation with Mechi Aharanwa, and I hope you enjoy the 109th episode of The Compass. side look like most often for you
1: I'll start there uh, most often the dark side you know I haven't been to the dark side in a really long time because I stopped doing the thing that always carried me to the dark side mm-hmm. and that was comparing my journey to other people's journeys whether they're artists or not I've been very active in not doing that. So that keeps me from going to the dark side. And the things that I do do and focus on um, to stay away from it, I meditate in the morning. I love picking out a daily mantra. I love sharing with my friends exactly where I am. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to say I'm afraid or I'm happy or whatever it is I'm feeling. At this point in my life, I've learned to really accept that wherever I am is perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. Even though I may
1: not feel like that. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, but just letting yourself be wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds so simple, but I went for so long without doing that. You're just trying to hide it or you're trying to pretend you're somewhere else.
1: Trying to be someone you're not. Yeah. Or longing for a place that either you will reach later or you may never reach and and not living in the here and now. These are all things detrimental to one's life. (laughs) (laughs) So I've learned... And it's exciting on this side.
0: So when did you realize that you had to address like comparing yourself to other people or other people's paths?
1: It's been an ongoing journey. Years and years ago, I did a show with this wonderful actress, this wonderful artist, this wonderful actor named Lizanne Mitchell. And she said that comparison is a form of self abuse. And I always carried that statement with me and sometimes I would use it and it would be helpful. But I think I really don't know what happened. I think constantly reminding myself of that when I got in spaces of comparison, something just snapped and sunk in and made me realize, yeah, why why would you practice self abuse i don't i don't really know the time <laughs> <laughs> or if what else was going on around me all i know is that i'm here now I, so it i just think it was an ongoing process and a constant reminder and constantly allowing different sources of positivity To affect me and you know that's always better (laughs) that's always better anything is better than the dark place which for me would have me alone in a room in a corner facing the corner (laughs) (laughs) just I have been there (laughs) beating myself yeah (laughs) mentally and physically sometimes just yeah and if you step outside of that that is a crazy visual it's, but maybe it was necessary right yeah
0: yeah and i think especially as actors it's just extremely extremely tempting to compare yourself even though we're all so incredibly different and unique because the the opportunities don't come in a predictable fashion mm-hmm it's very easy to be like, well, why why did they get that and I didn't, or what's different about me, or what's...
1: I'm way better. <laughs> that one, that yeah. one always makes me laugh. And yeah. so what scale are you using? What is the standard? <laughs> How did you determine you were better than that person over there Yeah, met you? What does that, <laughs> what does that even mean?
0: How do you feel about the word success in relation to what we're talking about Do you have a definition of that word that you find useful or Ooh. do you find that um, like society's definition of success is just something that's better left behind?
1: Definitely the latter. And what is especially interesting about being an artist is that everybody around you, who is not an artist, has an idea of what success is, and they love to tell you, and they do it in the most supportive way, you know? I have some of my dearest friends, they just are in other fields, so they don't really get it, but they're like, you're gonna be successful, because I'm not right now, in their (laughs) view. A lot of people also don't know, yeah. They don't really know what it is to be a working actor, uh, what they do know are the Broadway stars and the movie stars and the television stars. And I don't think they realize that there are <laughs> so many regular artists. Um, I heard, or did I hear it or did I read it? Hmm. You know these One or things. the other. <laughs> yeah, and Charlene Woodard, it was Charlene Woodard and she said this thing about being a blue collar actor Uh and that resonated with me because it's what I do. I'm fortunate that I am able to work. Um, Nobody knows who I am. So in my circles that are not full of artists, that does not look like success to them in my circles that are full of artists they're like yes you're working we're so happy for you but that also doesn't always equal success for me because i am working on a production or in whatever other capacity it is a part of success for me but ultimately i do have lists I have many, many lists. I know you do. Yeah. Leah, Leah, you know I make I love a list. And I like to check these things off. And as long as I'm moving forward and getting to scratch things off daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, Uh then I feel as if I'm successful. Um, As long as I am, I, I have to be moving forward, whatever that means at the time. Yeah, so society's idea of success, I don't even understand it, Um, because I think that definition is applicable to a few, it's not for everyone, and it's definitely not for me, and I don't think it's for a lot of my friends who are artists, and even the ones that are not, there are, even though they might not understand what success looks like over here, they do know that for them, success doesn't look the same as their neighbors, so.
0: Um, I know you've done a ton of teaching in your career. Is that something you're still focusing on?
1: Leah, oh, this is a good question. <laughs> so, I have always wanted to teach because I've always fallen in love with all of my teachers.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all, an interesting way to put
1: it. Yeah, I... There listen, we're sitting here in the Juilliard School right now where we went to school yeah. and there are teachers here that I still call as if though they don't have eighty students currently enrolled. Mm-hmm. As if though I should be a priority. <laughs> and The beautiful thing is that when I do call them, I always feel like a priority. I could literally cry about it right now. I'm not going to though. Well, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see
0: where this goes. (laughs)
1: Um, I feel. Beautiful
0: beautiful teachers.
1: I feel um, so privileged to have all of these teachers in my life and I've always wanted to be that for somebody what i <laughs> what i am working with now is how do i continue my journey in acting because i love that so much and also find the time to develop as a teacher because i think i think that takes time in the same way that working as a professional actor being able to be flexible when you're working that takes time and it, it takes constant training I think I would love to devote some time to really focus on teaching maybe just a month or two here at a time the problem is and it's not really a problem that school hours where I can go observe these wonderful teachers are during rehearsal hours <laughs> when is this going to work out right And
0: can you really pursue both at the same time
1: right that's what I want to know Yeah. if there's somebody out there listening to this who <laughs> knows please let me know how you manage it
0: so a lot of the teaching you've done up to this point has been a, more on the short-term basis, or workshops, or
1: mm-hmm.
0: after-school things, or like, intensives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it re- I mean, it really is something that I think we, a lot of us picked up skill with through school, or just mm-hmm. using what we know, but I think you're right, it's, it's its own craft. Yes. That really takes time.
1: I think so.
0: Especially when I think about people who teach long term, like like our teachers here, who are teaching people over the course of a semester, over the course of four years, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to just being the superhero who flies in for the week long <laughs> intensive and then leaves. Like that's exactly. a little more manageable to me. <laughs> but then wait, I have to hold these relationships over. <laughs>
1: I don't know how the course they... of a degree. <laughs> and then beyond.
0: And then beyond and when we all come beyond. back knocking on your door
1: with tears in our eyes saying help me (laughs) because that's usually what's on the opposite side of my knock help me
0: Uh, do you have a lot of artistic mentors in your life do you feel like you've always you said you always have fallen in love with teachers but um are you someone who finds it easy to ask for help and to lately it's kind of get in someone's life and have them listen
1: (laughs) i have been placing myself in people's lives lately (laughs) it wasn't always easy because i didn't really know how those relationships happened i would see them and i'm like oh look at that i I want that that. i didn't realize that people just actually asked i didn't i didn't know that how would you know i just thought they happened i thought
0: Or you were chosen. Yeah,
1: (laughs) because you're special, you know. And I have asked, I've asked two people to be a mentor to me. And when I asked them, they both said, yes.
0: Did you give them a suggestion of what that would look like? Or were they no. like, what do you mean? Or did they just say yes?
1: They just said yes. Aww. And um, one of them has passed away, so now that leaves one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have some work to do because she's opened herself up and made herself available for whatever I need and whatever it is I want, and I need to start taking advantage of that because she's brilliant.
0: Now you have to articulate what you were looking for.
1: Yeah, I just want to be like a shadow around <laughs> her while while she's working and learning. And what I love about her is that her ability to say, I don't know. Let's mm. figure this out um, while she's working and say, after this long career she's had, always point to the fact that she's still learning too. I think that is a beautiful thing because when I look at her, I see (laughs) this extensive career, this vast amount of knowledge. Like, you must know everything. Meanwhile, she's saying, I have so much to learn.
0: There's a lesson right there. Right there,
1: <laughs> which is what made me say, I need to be around you. I need to be around you. Because if you think you know nothing, then I must know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any um,
0: mentors? You know, I don't think I have many um, really active like conscientious, active relationships like that right now. But I have an abundance of people from my past who are, I've really invested in those relationships, and they've invested in me where similarly, like if I were to call them with anything, Mm -hmm. um, they would be there with advice. Yeah. Whether from uh, Lisa, who performed Frankie and mine's wedding, who you met, just has been my artistic mentor since I was a kid and like my second mom, just life stuff too. Mm-hmm. Or teachers in undergrad are here, or here.
1: Yeah. Peers. That's an interesting thing because there are there's the whole other segment of mentors where that title isn't really put on it, but that's what they yeah. are.
0: But I like I like the idea of having someone who's actively kind of holding you accountable. Yes, in the present. That I don't have right now.
1: Yes. Mhm. Yeah. I And the life mentors though. Now those, let me tell you those about those. So you know how you do a show and it has an actor in it who's older, but it's not about the acting, right? It's about the dressing room chats <laughs> and all of the things you pick up about. I love being with Actors the generation ahead of me Mm -hmm. as well as the one. I'm not focused on the one after me (laughs) just yet Um, But I'm particularly talking about the generations uh, that preceded me and Just the wisdom they drop in the room. I mean uh, You can't pay for it because you you become so close in the confines of a dressing room I mean, and you're just naked, literally, and (laughs) figuratively. And before you know it, you're sharing these deep intimacies. And there are things um, my mom has never spoken to me about, Mm. but I've learned from these women. So I'm prepared for the future stages of my life in a way that I didn't expect to be i'm even well prepared now because they get me together you know (laughs) shout out to miss pauletta that is beautiful and miss denise (laughs) (laughs) wherever they are in the world i
0: don't i don't know about you but i my grandparents all passed away when i was younger Mm -hmm. i'm not necessarily a part of like a church community or somewhere where i'm around a lot of the older generation Constantly. Even though when I was yeah. younger, like, since I was home educated, like, I was always around pe- not just, like, the third graders, mm-hmm. like, adults mm-hmm. and kids of all different ages, and I, I feel like I got used to that when I was younger, but now, yeah, I'm not around as many people of the older generation, and I do miss that.
1: I, th- I really think it matters. Um, intergenerational connections. I'm really interested in that and what they can look like. I I love and thrive on honest sharing, where there is a space. This is why the dressing room, I mean, how dishonest can you be when your girdle won't go up and you need help (laughs) to pull it up you know or
0: when you're spending that close (laughs) time together like now everyone's on their devices so much and you're you're not just like hanging out in the kitchen as much with people
1: no I want some kitchen time me too let's start a thing let's
0: Let's do it. We used to like, make dinner together more often. Oh, we my goodness, you're roasted vegetable. <laughs> with Sean. Yeah. We'll to start it again.
1: I th- yeah, like a Sunday's in the kitchen with something. <laughs> I don't know. It has to have a name, you know, to be official. And we'll invite
0: we'll think about it.
1: different people every.
0: Like that question Time. that people always ask about, like who are the four people living or dead that you would invite to a a dinner oh. party? Except they'll all be living. They'll all be living.
1: <laughs> I can't stand that question because they're. T- I I want to know more about my family, so I think I would choose from my family. like yeah. My grandfather's. I never met them. Both of them passed before I was even a thought. But the way my parents speak about their fathers. I think, wow, those were mighty men. I would love to know them.
0: Yeah. Um, How does your family take in the fact that you chose to be an artist for your career? I know you grew up in New York. Yes. You are a New Yorker through and through. I love
1: New York. My family is actually very supportive, and I went through this phase of not, Saying this was what I wanted to do, the life I wanted to pursue, for a long time because I thought it was gonna be otherwise. I
0: I made up that after undergrad or before that
1: before before undergrad because I've always known there's there was never a time where I didn't know that this was what I wanted to do but I would say other things um, Mm. when asked because I thought that's what was expected of me. And then somewhere around high school time, I actually told my mom and she was like, okay, because I wanted to go to performing arts high school. She was like, yeah, not performing arts high school, but that's wonderful, that's great. Maybe you'll study it in college. And I remember thinking, oh, open to this oh this is <laughs> great um yeah they're very supportive and what's wonderful about that is every time I've been ready to throw in the towel because the journey is difficult at times when I've wanted to give up they've been the ones who have said mm, no you need to go take a nap you know <laughs> go eat a cupcake do something but you sound very foolish right now Hmm. you're just having a hard day a hard month a hard year it will be fine um so i'm really thankful to that for that um especially to my my siblings my brother and sister they're they are very supportive
0: is anyone else in your family creatively inclined
1: you know what i have um, a couple of novels that my dad wrote wow. I do yeah my dad and they're good
0: when did he write these?
1: before I was born wow um, yeah which I didn't know for a long time that this was something I f- found them you know going through his stuff I don't know what I was looking for, but I was going through his stuff <laughs> and I remember sitting there and just reading this one called The Alien. I didn't know what it was going to be, but it was about like an illegal alien. You know, I'm first generation. Yeah. Um so of course he had a lot to draw from with this <laughs> story, especially leaving Nigeria and ending up in Arkansas.
0: Oh, I didn't know about that part of the story. Well,
1: he was in New York, but he went to school in Arkansas. Uh, yeah, so he wrote, but he's a chemist, you know. Hmm. He's a chemist who used to have a printing shop back when printing shops were a thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and but he had this whole other secret. Maybe it wasn't a secret, maybe it's just yeah, something a novel he doesn't know. Small thing. It's no small thing. Did Um, you
0: talk to him about it after you read it? Or did you just kind of leave it as a little secret?
1: I didn't talk to him right away uh, about it. But uh, maybe two years ago, I bought it up because I wanted to find it. I wanted to read it again now that I have more sense. Hmm.
0: Because I
1: was pretty young when I read this story. And he was so excited And I think he has many more. I think I will be introduced to many more. Um, But then I understood why he was so supportive. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with he didn't follow that part of his dream. I do think he wanted to be a chemist. I think that was part of his dream. I think he had both things going for him. And my mom. Mm. (laughs) I'm trying to think, is my mom creative? Not in a way we would traditionally think about it. My mom is a retired nurse anesthetist. Um. Is she... um Mm. A good
0: audience member is she someone who appreciates art as a um, yes, as an appreciator.
1: That make she sense. appreciates art. Appreciate. I like appreciator. You know what I mean, she's <laughs> an appreciator. My mom loves. <laughs> my mom loves the theater. She loves it. She loves going. Her favorite musical is Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. I'm like, why? Is, how? But whatever. Hey,
0: did she see it when it was on Broadway like last year, a year before?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. But then again, I don't know because this is the thing about my mom. She, my mom is old. Err, she's older, but she get, she doesn't sit down. She gets around. You don't know what she's up. To. I don't know what she's up to. She's more spry than I am. I'm like, mom, sit down somewhere yeah
0: Mm. that's Uh, wonderful that they're supportive
1: yeah they're really supportive
0: Um, and I'm sure it's been nice like post grad school just to have family nearby
1: oh yeah oh yeah I mean whose couches would I have slept on whose food would I have eaten (laughs) (laughs) whose shoulders would I have cried on
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I was gonna ask and we don't have to talk about this if you don't Mm -hmm. want to but kind of how you found a way between jobs or with your acting and teaching jobs to like patchwork together the financial side of your
1: career.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's, it's helped to have that family around just for those backup fridges and couches.
1: <laughs> that part. I have done some things, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, I've been... Running the arts education program for Classical Theater of Harlem for a while now.
0: That's right. Um,
1: But it's interesting because while I think I have some goods when it comes to developing a program for the youth, um, working on the curriculum, working with teaching artists, I don't know anything about Arts Education in the Department of Education in New York City. So I'm really thankful that CTH gave me space to learn about the side of it that I don't know about as... um, The
0: rules and the guidelines. Yeah.
1: There are a lot of things to know. um, Mm. But the producing artistic director there it's like, "Well, we can learn about it together." And I was like, "Oh, this is great. Thank you." Um, <laughs> I'll take that job. <laughs> I will I will do that. So I get to be a consultant there. Then for a while I I a lot of I get to do a lot of coaching. There are a lot of people who love this craft as well and they want to Go to grad school or they want to go get into these wonderful undergrad programs or some summer festival or prepare for an audition, and once I recognized that actually i'm'm now I'm, I'm an nah, okay coach you know <laughs> once i and I was definitely empowered by my friends that I had worked with um a bit just because you know, you get with your friends to prep a thing and they're like, You're good at this. I like i I I would really, really ask them, am I? They're like, Yeah, I would pay you. You would pay me? Okay, it's so like, maybe yeah, if
0: I have money I would pay. You. Other people
1: might pay me. Yeah. And then I took some classes um with some people and I really honed in on what I loved and at the same time about the way they coached, recognized that I had a completely different approach, a completely different way of working, and that I had something to offer actors who wanted a, a coach mm-hmm. so I could be, I could join the arena with some of these other people. So that is, that's another way. Yeah, and then those couches and Refrigerators that belong to the family have helped as well. Yeah. And this place, uh, Juilliard has been wonderful in terms of creating opportunities and helping me step. Okay, cause you know how you might know you can do a thing but you don't really know because you haven't really done it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I'm not going to hire somebody that says, I think I know how to make kitchen cabinets. I want the guy who (laughs) has made some, knows what he's doing. So I tend to be hesitant about jumping in. But what's wonderful about this space is that they already know I'm hesitant and they still say, come on, we'll help you with whatever you need. And then I come and I'm like, "Mm, I don't even need your help. But I did need to be in a space where I could fail and nobody was going to (laughs) say, give me back every single dime or you're not getting paid.
0: Have you been, what have you been doing here for them? Have you been directing or?
1: I, when we first finished this place, um, I got to direct the MLK celebration oh, that's right. Um, for a bit. But most recently I've come back to do workshops with current students on a variety of things and a lot of it um, has to deal with art entrepreneurship. Nice. Um, which I think is great that they are starting that conversation in the first year in all of the divisions uh because that's a side of things yeah we need to
0: no I'm so glad they're starting to focus on it
1: and it and the way I think they are doing it because it's still relatively new is it's not taking away from the time you need to and you come here to to focus on whatever your art form is I don't think it takes away from that um but maybe some of the artists coming out of here will have less of the hesitancy, hesita- they'll be less hesitant <laughs> um, in the way that I was just because I started having that conversation a little later. I think starting it earlier is important. Yeah. Also, you know, yeah, I have an interest in directing. Let me do that. Let me fail more here. Um, I have an interest in teaching, let me fail more here. I can do these strange workshops that draw on all of the things you use in the theater, but to a different end. I can create that once I know what your need is. Let, let me start working on that here. Um, and having them, I think this is maybe the second or third year that they are doing it. But those are the kinds of things I've been able to come back in and do. And it's nice. Yeah, just having your
0: eye, I feel like when we came out, there was such an emphasis on this is how it should go, and you want to get the agent, and then the agent is going to help you get this, Mm, and then that's mm going to lead to this. And I wish there had been at least more of the conversation so that, maybe my eyes would have been a little more receptive to what if this was the sparkle of this idea Mm -hmm. over here, this opportunity over here that didn't look like what I thought it would look like.
1: I mean, look at your podcast.
0: No, I know. But how many years did I start that after (laughs) we (laughs) graduate? Right. Uh, Right. I think it's great that hopefully people's minds will be, you know, Mm -hmm. looking for all the cracks right when they come out. Yeah. Or while they're still in school?
1: While they're still here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there a lesson you've learned in the last couple of years that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about?
1: I am, and it is one that you taught me, actually. Uh Uh-oh, I might cry again. What is it? (laughs) You remember you shared this song with me, Be Kind to Yourself? Uh Uh-huh. That was something I really needed to learn. And I thank you for that. I really do. Because, you know, we talked about it a little bit, about going to the dark place. And, I mean, we're all these amazing human beings with all these amazing skills, no matter what you do for a living. And somehow we find a way to diminish ourselves, make ourselves smaller, all these different voices in your head. But that conversation has resonated with me. Be kind to yourself. And it is um, in the same way the comparison thing has worked on me over the years. A constant reminder where I can sit here now and say, it is something I actively practice. It didn't start that way. And I I hope everybody can be kind to themselves. I mean, especially since there are so many people who will not be kind to you for you, you might as well be kind to yourself.
0: But it's still something I have to teach myself over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. Life is, uh...
0: and it's so e- it's so easy. I feel like to see in the people you care about, like to tell your friends, you know, to yeah. see how beautiful they are to you and see how hard they're being on themselves and be like, why would you ever say that? You're amazing. <laughs> you're so you're capable of anything. How could you I see you as this incredible person and then and then to beat yourself up.
1: Yeah. It's crazy.
0: I don't I'm not sure why humans are capable of that, but we are.
1: It is very complex and I hope somebody cracks that code <laughs> soon and dismantles that Part of the code.
0: Yeah, just turn that setting off.
1: Yeah. What about you? Have you learned anything in the last year or so that, or maybe it's not something newly learned, but something that's gone deeper?
0: I've learned a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? <laughs> I mean, I think just being a lot more honest with myself and with hmm. other people, like you said about where I am, yeah, saying it and not trying to avoid it. You know, I stopped drinking in June. That was a How's big. How's that going? It's good, but it, a big part of that was like the final step of not avoiding what I was feeling or where uh, I
1: was. Okay.
0: Which was a long journey, and I had started a long time ago learning more about being honest and talking about where I was and Mm
1: -hmm. things like
0: that. And then that was the final step of like, stop trying to numb it or turn away from it or run away from it. So that's been, yeah, a huge thing.
1: Oh, that's good. That is a good one. I wanna keep learning more. More to learn more. Thank God. Learn. Otherwise life would be quite boring.
0: Um wild change of topic. Okay. Um <laughs> can we talk a little bit about um the work you've been self-producing with your like short films and web series and
1: stuff? <laughs> we can, we can <laughs> If you like. I would love um, to. Oh, here's the thing about I never have enough resources to do the thing I wanna do the way I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Which means sometimes I'm wearing five hats and then I have friends around who are learning things as we're trying to do them. So then something always sucks about it and I hate it when it's done, right? I'm like, oh gosh, I wasn't even acting because I was thinking about or I wasn't doing my job as an actor because I was thinking about this other thing that was right, going on and, and the <laughs> uh, how do people do this and then my sound always sucks which people will you, you can I, it's easier for me to watch a fuzzy picture but when the sound is bad it's like I'm not mm. even watching this so then you do all this work and then you have this sucky sound and you just want to go to the dark place <laughs> <laughs> because what little limited non-existent resources you did have that you used to do this thing, in the end, you still feel like it's a piece of crap, right? <laughs> well, not totally, but I'm I'm being very extreme right uh-huh. now. It's not that extreme. <laughs> so... But I had to realize that if I waited to have all of the resources that I needed, I would, I mean, we wouldn't yeah. be having this conversation.
0: You still made a thing.
1: The, the very the day. first thing that I ever did, I did with a flip camera. Remember those? Yes. They were hot for like a second, <laughs> but they weren't meant to film things on you know (laughs) it's like let's take this cute video friend and have it forever that's what it was for but I'm like I'm gonna shoot a web series on these flip cams and then my friend came along who had a nice camera he's like oh you gonna do season two I'll film it for you oh okay great no sound so the quality went up in some ways but not in other ways then I had another thing I wanted to do, and I'm like, how do I do it? So I just started doing it, and eventually I will have the resources and I will get closer to the finished products I'm interested in sharing with the world. In the meantime, though, worlds will have to suffer. Worlds will have to suffer um, with me as I share things that are not necessarily that are, I think, great in some ways and lacking in others. Right. And I'm okay with that now. When I first Good. started, I was like, uh I'm embarrassed. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know what, this is where I am.
0: No, and it's, it puts you ahead of the 12 people who sat on the couch and thought about doing a thing and then never did.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Are you, are you interested in writing your own material? Are these all kind of pushing yourself in that direction?
1: Um, some of the stuff I have written, I, I, yeah, I've written some things. I've written some things the world has not seen yet that have been shot. <laughs> One day I will edit those things and share them. Uh, but I do, you know what I really want to do? I'm gonna say it out loud, okay. which makes it real oh dear, <laughs> I want to write a play. And here's the thing. I was just talking about this last night with someone <laughs> and a few of my really close friends know I really love theater. And I love a particular kind of theater. I love theater where you're in the audience and you're having a visceral response, whether you like the play or not, whether you think those actors are giving you life or you wish they would die. You're still having some kind of visceral response. Mm -hmm. I like theatrical theater. I like theater that has people leaving with extreme feelings, thoughts, and ideas that inspire conversations that go on for days. This is the kind of theater I like. Can I write something in that vein? scares the crap out of me because I don't know. Everything that I've written has been um, a short film or a web series or Mm -hmm. the, you know.
0: Right, something that's a, a format that seems manageable.
1: Seems very manageable and doesn't require this thing that I am after or that I love about the theater. Um, and sometimes when I see new plays, they don't have that. They do seem very much like a film. And I like that, you know, it's all right. <laughs> but that would not be the kind of play I wanna write. I wanna write mm-hmm. something that has to be done in the theater. That when people see it, they're like, how could we make this into a fi- Is it possible? That's the thing I wanna create. I don't know how <laughs> I will begin. No, I agree.
0: Those are the playwrights I'm thinking of in my head are all those kinds of plays. Yeah. Like you got a chance to do an Octoroon. Listen. Like Brandon Jacob Jenkins plays are ones that I always see and I'm like, oh, this is a play. Yeah. This is unapologetically exactly. a play. Exactly. And it's ways I didn't know a play could be a play. It- Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting that you're considering it and you're trying to. I'm
1: gonna make it happen. I don't know. I'm gonna call some of my playwriting friends. They're probably gonna laugh in my face. Like, they're gonna laugh. They're They're gonna say, "Can you come do this reading for me?" It's like,
0: "Oh, you want to write a great American play? Great. (laughs) Good luck." I've been studying for years.
1: (laughs) Good luck with that. Try. I'm gonna try. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, my whole life is a movie, right? So I've written this movie (laughs) about writing this play where I've written the play and I go to share it. See, I'm going to have a pen name because this is how. (laughs) Good choice. I'm (laughs) definitely going to have a pen name. It'll be some fantastical name. Uh, But in, in this movie of my life where I've written this play and I don't know if it's good or not, I'm going to mail it to my friends. <laughs> going to mail it to my friend, Anonymously. <laughs> like, dear actor, will you please read this play and give your feedback? Or I don't know. This I don't know. Because
0: you're getting two pieces of work out of this, the film about <laughs> writing the play and the play.
1: Uh, I wrote this web series that was based on a reality show or done in the format of a reality show, because you know that's really original, because nobody has done that. (laughs) Um, But it was called Page to Stage, and it follows this playwright who... (laughs) We're on her journey, she's been chosen to be followed for this reality show. We're on her journey, as she's getting this play. I mean, it's not about the play, but it's about, it's really about her and her 10,000 lovers. (laughs) her 10,000 lovers and how she's seeking more, but you follow her on this journey with this play. I gotta find that. That one hasn't been shot. It was written for one of my friends who uh, I think is a fabulous, fierce lesbian woman. And I just, I I was trying to write her life, like the life I wanted her to have.
0: Okay, you know. So I wrote it. Manifesting. I'm I'm like,
1: I need you to settle down. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to stop being such a ladies' lady. (laughs) Um. Why did I start talking about this?
0: What's your plays about? Writing a play. Yeah. Well,
1: (laughs) now I need to write an actual play. So, I'll keep you posted about that. We'll see where that goes.
0: Are there any things that you've learned kind of since grad school that have changed the way that you audition as an actor?
1: Hell yeah. Well, I don't know if it's...
0: Or how you approach auditions.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not sure, cause it's not that it wasn't a thing that was taught here. But I think when you are making that transition out of the womb, (laughs) (laughs) you know, things are, you're just working too hard. (sighs) Working too hard, putting too much pressure on yourself. It's always about, or for me, I should say, it was mostly about booking that job but now I totally do the thing that they did, teachers here, focus on my sense of play. I wanna have fun. I do focus, cause there are things that I'm constantly working on. And I do, do that thing of picking what I am working on for this audition. Hmm. And I did that when we left, but I didn't always do it. Once the audition was over, at that time, and I said, when we first left, when we graduated, um, at that time, I didn't say, this is what I wanna work on so that I could use that as my assessment post-audition, as opposed to whether or not I got the job or so that I could have something tangible, so that I could be a working artist in the room and have a personal stake in it. That meant more to me than impressing the people behind the table I hope that made sense I would pick a thing but it would still secretly be about impressing the people behind the table so now I'm just older wiser more in love with the craft and that's what it's about for me when I go in the audition room now sometimes I'd still I still have some sucky sucky auditions (laughs) and I can say that and now and I can say why it was sucky as opposed to they hated me and did it. Yeah, I usually know exactly where the, I would be. I had one the other day and I was like, girl. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean. It was sort of laughable. Yeah, I just approach it as a work session. I enjoy them. I know some people hate auditioning. Sometimes I hate auditioning on camera because I don't feel like putting on makeup. (laughs) Like, if I could just go to the audition. I don't need to take an
0: hour and a half to get ready for this five minute audition.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If I could just go, I would um, Hmm. enjoy it more. But I enjoy auditioning now because I, one, want to enjoy it. I'm focused on the things that I consider the right things. And I'm, I'm trying to have fun, and I'm like, when I'm done, I'm like, uh, yeah, that and that was, I'm done. <laughs> that was that. Hope you got something out of it.
0: Bye. Bye,
1: <laughs> deuces. See you when I see ya. If you're smart, you'll hire me. If you're not, oh well. <laughs> see you the next time you want me to audition Good for, for your you. play yeah it's more fun that way good for you what about you how are you approaching them these days
0: I'm not doing them these days because I kind of took a break to do a more steady day job oh that's
1: right you did tell me that yeah how's that that going
0: stability it's good I actually quit my last one (laughs) I'm about to start a new one
1: are you excited about it the new one yeah Okay. It's still a day job. It's still a day job. But it's
0: been okay. It's been good to have the structure. And it's actually, for me, it's been good to kind of take the pressure of auditioning off for a little bit.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and whenever I decide to go back in, I need to get a new agent. Okay. That was part of it, too. Like, I was able to cut the strings with kind of a toxic old relationship.
1: Goodbye.
0: So it felt like a weight off my shoulders. I would like to get back into it because I think I had a lot of anxiety around it and, like, I'm ready to... I want to go in with a sense of fun like you do. Yeah, like start a new relationship with auditioning. And but it's
1: gonna have to wait a little while. All right. Well, <laughs> let it let it wait. It will always be here. Yeah. The other thing about um, time, even the way I used to prep my sides, I mean, I would be so. Just, er. <laughs> I'm gonna do everything right. Um, I'm gonna get hit every. There's a part of it, of the work, where it, that is, that is just there. Sorry, Becky, I didn't mean to say just. There's a part <laughs> of it that is there, and you don't have to work for it because you have been working at this for so long. You know what to do, trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm a woman now, (laughs) and I carry a lot of that into the room with me. Here I am. Deal with it. I... Not trying to be what they want you to be. No. Mm. Either you're going to figure out this hair situation, we're going to have a conversation about it together, You're going to ask me a question about my hair and what it can and can't do? Or, you know, to hell with you. (laughs) Goodbye. Because that had always been a part of it, too. What do I need to look like? How do I eh, deal with it? This is here. I'm doing the work. You need to focus on that, just like I need to focus on that. Let's go. No, and
0: I'm sure, like, certain assumptions people are making about you as a black woman, too.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm like... Do they
0: have the courage to have an honest conversation if, for some reason, they're confused or whatever it is?
1: Generally...
0: Or are they just judging people?
1: I don't know what they're doing, but I know that I've not had that many honest conversations. And you know what else? It's 2018, and I started this at the end of 2017, You are not allowed to talk to me any way you want to. You are not allowed to perpetuate stereotypes in this room just because you are casting a thing and I am the actor. I will no longer be afraid to speak up for what is right in terms of how you respect the entirety of me. I don't give two shits if you call me back in for an audition and that has nothing to do with me. If you can't separate my artistry from that statement about humanity, then good night, goodbye. You know, I t- God bless my, my manager because I've called him, like, I'm never going in that office again. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute now. They just called you, you have a call back. I'm like, oh, I do? <laughs> right. One more time. Wait, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, me saying that thing, and this is the great side of it. What I've learned is that people are receptive to it. So all these years, or all the years where I was silent in fear of not being called back in for subsequent auditions or even for that particular project. Right. they were polite about it. They just didn't know and nobody has ever said anything. You know what I mean? Mm. So there's a whole other level of taking responsibility for where I want to see the world's go with my artistry and part of it is speaking up and and we're seeing that in so many ways. Um, but that is a personal way that I had I had needed to speak up. And once I get comfortable in a space, I've always been able to do it. But you know, with the way we audition, it's not like you're creating these dynamic relationships. You see some casting directors twice a year no and, you and know? And
0: sometimes there's a hi how are you sometimes there's yeah, nothing. sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's not their conversation
1: the new per new person in the mm-hmm. office that you're not even familiar with um but yeah I'm I'm excited that when I have spoken up and Leah you know me I will admit that I've had to learn different ways to speak up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was gonna say I've never seen you as someone who's had a problem speaking up.
1: Well, yeah, you know, but you I know the wanna... audition
0: room is different.
1: <laughs> it's a different thing. You know, uh, you know it's the same way. Um... <laughs> oh, I laugh, I laugh. You know, we would when we were in school. There are things that would happen in the dressing room that the rest of the community would never see. All kinds of breakdowns, and you know, and then you walk out like. <laughs> everything is great whatever yeah sorry table <laughs> you walk out everything is great and there are things that happen in audition rooms that I mean I think about all the times I didn't speak up there's, there's a power because. imbalance or
0: at least you can allow yourself to feel that way for a long time yes
1: and I, I, you know the casting directors always talk about we want you to win we want you to do well and da, 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 da. and I totally believe them however in the actor mind no matter how much they have said this I've
0: yeah it's still you're deciding about my future
1: yeah so I've given but now I'm also listening to that part of the thing that they are saying we want you to win I right, we want you now. to be the one so I can stop working on <laughs> <Yes>. this project. <laughs> we don't want to see 50,000 more actors. We right. want to be done. Yeah.
0: That Pe- is exciting. Yeah. What made you, you know, consciously make that decision?
1: Ooh, people talk to you like you're not an artist enough and literally are in the room perpetuating stereotypes that have nothing to do with the work on the page, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point, your system just rejects it. And the time that I am talking about where I actually had gotten a call, but my system rejected it, and I didn't say it. I didn't gather the thought and then share it. It came out how it came out, because I was disgusted mm-hmm. and I was annoyed and I felt belittled and I felt like they weren't looking at me. I don't know what the hell they were looking at. That's how I felt. That was not their intention. Um but that's that's <laughs> what happened. That's what happened and you have to be careful with the language that you're using. Not everybody feels that way or cares because people don't people then reduce it to, you want me to be politically correct. And it's like, no, I just want you to respect me. I don't know about political correctness or not. I want you to respect me. Um, Hmm. Yeah, my system just couldn't take it anymore. It just can't.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not, it's 2018. It's 2018. I'm not, and I'm an artist and I can do this job and I think you can do your job and I think we should do it in a whole space, in a space that allows both of us to be whole. Your language doesn't have to be demeaning and no, you don't get to say certain things, you just don't and you don't get to reduce me to whatever you feel like reducing me to. Yeah, I just don't have the space for um, reduction. Because that starts to feel like degradation. Yeah, (laughs) Which starts to feel like humiliation. Which starts to feel like all the Asians (laughs) that we don't want around us. You know? Thanks, Ligia. That's really inspiring. This is really inspiring that you started this podcast. I'm and loving
0: having this conversation with you.
1: How many episodes are you on now? One million three hundred and Whew. Yeah. Girl, you are doing the work.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like it. I feel like an anthropologist, you know.
1: Yeah. I listen to some of them, and I don't get to listen to them you know, straight through. I have I pick it up in pieces, and then some days I'm like, oh, I don't want to continue with that one right now. I want to go here, <laughs> and then I'll come back to this uh, at another time. And I quite like it. I I quite like the conversations you have. I think, I think they're easy, in a way. It's good. Thank you. How long do you plan on continuing? Um, I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm
0: going to keep going. It's good. It's kind of become like a, a practice for me. And so mm. like it's gotten harder this year with the day job. It's gotten harder to pull it together every week and to always feel like I have the energy left over to do yeah. it. Yeah. But it feels good to hold myself to that standard of like, I'm putting something out into the world every week. Whether I like it or not, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Since I'm taking a break from auditioning and doing that type, Mm -hmm. although I'm ready to do another play, peers, friends, (laughs) especially if you have a Shakespeare play you're doing, I need to do a play that rehearses at night. Call me. Um, (laughs) It's been a great artistic touchstone Mm. because I can spend all this time in this other world at an office where they don't know me. Right. I'm only using parts of myself, and then I meet up with an artist who I respect, and I get to have this non-small-talk conversation mm. for an hour or so, and it just changes my whole week.
1: That's good. You know? Yeah.
0: And I hope other people feel that way listening to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um has yeah, the been really nice. Has being on Playbill expanded your audience?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I need to to make like the next move now, but um, yeah, it's been really good for it. Okay, good. I'm glad. And it's really nice when you get those emails from people you don't know who found it somehow through a friend of a friend or through Playbill and feel a connection to it or less alone because of it. Mm. It's been really special. So when you are having a day where you feel like you're uninspired or you're like losing steam mm-hmm. <laughs> artistically, are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again? Like a certain book that you reread or a place that you go or music you listen to or something like that?
1: I call my friends. Yeah. I'm, I need that connection um, because I think uh, my own voices can be loud but my friends voices are louder um, I do there's the music there are I try to not stay by myself so while the music is helpful or reading a certain thing is helpful or it's that those are still solitary or can be solitary I, for me personally it's better for me to go out and connect and do that thing we talked about at the beginning share where i am and see what comes back to me that i can grab a hold to and yeah i also pray
0: and then the last question is have you seen anything lately that you want to recommend of any art form
1: Ooh, black panther
0: yes all day every day
1: so at the listen, it is a joy. I'm gonna see it again today. <laughs> um, yeah, Black Panther is amazing. It was
0: incredible.
1: And uh, listen, all those black people, that is a lot. That is a huge thing. And there's this little video uh, going around, and there are these two little black boys and they're like I'm that one, I'm that one (laughs) and that is amazing because representation matters and there are still whole segments in this country, segments of people, segments of the population who have never met people who don't look like them whether that's a black person an Asian person or whatever person, they've not So their only relationship to people that uh, are different than them in terms of culture and look are uh, media outlets. And if that variety isn't there, it's detrimental to our society's growth. So this is phenomenal that... You have these comic book characters, superhero,
0: right? This genre that people already know that they the know, structure
1: of. and you have such variety within that one story, and you have so many layers. It is everybody go see Black Panther. Go see it, mm-hmm. and the women in it. Oh my!
0: I gosh. was so happy that the women characters were so central to the plot.
1: Mm-hmm, and they're right there they are right there with the men um which is how things kind of have to work anyway for any of us to be here so it's yeah. just strange that societies still treat women like they are less than i mean there would there's nobody else to carry you i mean <laughs> there it it's just not possible. Well, I don't know yeah. what's possible with science right now. Let me not speak it's, too soon.
0: It's incredible.
1: But, yeah. Anything else? No, I loved being here. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank
0: you so much. I'm so glad yeah. this finally
1: happened. I love you. I love you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.